It's Wednesday, February the 24th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, America far from economic recovery, and HSBC looks to Asia. First, the world in brief. Jerome Powell, the chairman of America's Federal Reserve, said the country's economic recovery is far from complete. Mr Powell told senators that the central bank will keep interest rates near zero and continue to buy government bonds. The economy has started to recover from the depths of the pandemic last year, but unemployment is still almost twice as high as before the virus arrived in America. Police in Georgia arrested Nika Melia, the country's opposition leader. He is charged with inciting violence during demonstrations in 2019, but claims the allegation is part of ongoing government repression. Opposition groups have also accused officials of rigging elections held last October. Last week, Georgi Gaharia resigned as Prime Minister over plans to arrest Mr Melia. He opposed the move, saying it could fuel divisions. Malaysia deported over 1,000 citizens of Myanmar, despite the High Court in Kuala Lumpur having ordered that their repatriation be postponed. Human rights groups had argued they could be unsafe under Burmese military rule. Among those facing deportation are members of Myanmar's Chin and Kachin minorities, as well as non-Rohingya Muslims who had fled persecution. Malaysia claims they went willingly. The chairman and four other board members of the Electric Reliability Council of Texas are to resign, following the colossal failure of the state's power grid this month. Freezing temperatures blew out Urquhart's capacity, leaving millions of Texans shivering in the dark. Knock-on damage to the water supply has left 8 million with tap water that needs sanitising at home. HSBC announced a 34% drop in pre-tax profits in 2020 as it unveiled plans to pivot further towards Asia. The bank will invest $6 billion over the next five years to expand in China, Hong Kong and Singapore. It will also sell its American and French retail divisions. HSBC said last year it plans to cut 35,000 jobs in America and Europe, as well as move $100 billion of capital to Asia. America's Federal Aviation Authority ordered the immediate inspection of some Boeing 777s powered by engines made by Pratt & Whitney. On Saturday, such a plane operated by United Airlines was forced to make an emergency landing after one of its engines burst into flame over Denver. The FAA wants inspectors to check the engine's blades for minute cracks. And Intercontinental Hotel Group, owner of the Holiday Inn and Crown Plaza brands, revealed a loss of $153 million for 2020, which was the most challenging year in our history, according to its chief executive. But bookings soared at EasyJet, a budget airline headquartered in Britain, after Boris Johnson said he hoped to remove all social distancing restrictions by June 21st. And now, here's today's agenda. Unquiet Riot The January 6 Hearings Congress kicked off a series of hearings into the events of January 6, when a mob of Donald Trump supporters rampaged into Washington, D.C. Yesterday, they heard testimony from two of the Capitol's former top security officials, the House of Representatives and Senate Sergeants-at-Arms, both of whom have since quit. Also testifying were the D.C. police chief and the former head of the Capitol Police Force. Senators peppered them with questions about preparedness and heard that the Pentagon was reluctant to send National Guard reinforcements. The House Appropriations Committee will hold its own hearings later this week. Nancy Pelosi, the House Speaker, has called for a commission modelled on the one that investigated the terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001, sparking a furious fight over its composition. 
Miss Pelosi wants the four top congressional leaders to each nominate two members and the president three, which would give Democrats a 7-4 to four advantage. Republicans want equal say in nominations instead. Clear Blue Water UK-EU Trade Michael Gove, Britain's Cabinet Office Minister, and Mara Shevchevich, a European Commissioner, will meet by video conference today to grapple with problems plaguing the post-Brexit trade agreement. The biggest issue is Northern Ireland, which continues to be bound by EU rules under the divorce deal. That is frustrating Northern Irish importers who are grappling with complex new paperwork on meat, plants and other goods. The red tape will only get more complex over time as British and European regulations diverge. The British government wants grace periods to be extended until 2023. The regime was introduced to prevent a trade border being erected on the island of Ireland itself, but it has left the unionist community feeling estranged from Great Britain. The Democratic Unionist Party has launched legal action, seeking to challenge the arrangement on the grounds that it is incompatible with the Act of Union of 1800, which originally conjoined Great Britain and Ireland, so the legislation claimed, forever. Working out rights The EU and the gig economy The European Union is expected to hold a consultation today with employees and workers' representatives about labour conditions in the gig economy, where piece rate jobs are assigned via online platforms. A decade after the concept took off, the bloc is still struggling with the issue of how to bring Uber drivers, delivery riders, babysitters and freelance accountants into the fold of the welfare state. This is especially relevant now that the pandemic has made gig work more volatile and dangerous. Most gig economy workers continue to deliver food or drive cars with other social protections available to other employees. Even they are confused about their labour market status. The EU Commission has promised to improve conditions, but so far has only suggested tweaking competition rules to give workers bargaining rights. Meanwhile, Britain's Supreme Court recently ruled that Uber drivers qualify for workers' rights, such as the national minimum wage, potentially upending the business model of it and its ride-sharing rivals. Full from Grace Cuomo's Handling of the Pandemic The steely resolve and daily briefings of Andrew Cuomo, New York's governor, once comforted Americans during the worst of the pandemic. Now his reputation lies in tatters. Last month, the state's attorney general reported that the Cuomo administration had understated the number of COVID-19-related deaths in state-run nursing homes by as much as 50%. Lawmakers have approved bills to improve oversight and standards of care in nursing homes and may revoke the governor's emergency powers. He may also face a federal investigation. Meanwhile, New York is beginning to open up. Arenas and stadiums can now reopen at 10% capacity, though spectators must first test negative for COVID-19. The Knicks played their first home basketball game on Tuesday. New York City's restaurants may host diners indoors at 35% capacity from February 26th. The state's infection rate is at its lowest since November. But a broader recovery remains slow. Thousands of businesses may never reopen their doors. Show me the money. South Africa's budget. When Tito Boweni, South Africa's finance minister, gives his budget today, South Africans will be looking for more than fine words. Since taking the job in 2018, the avuncular reformist has preached the need for the country to live within its means and get structural reforms done. Yet so far, he has achieved little. South Africa suffered two recessions in as many years, 
the pandemic then damaged the economy further. The country's budget deficit is likely to hit 15% of GDP this financial year. The problem, as ever, is the ruling African National Congress Party, which has a vested interest in state largesse and an ideological aversion to freer markets. President Cyril Ramaphosa, who never sees a compromise he dislikes, may support some of Mr Boweni's proposals. But with much of his reform agenda stuck in the mud, Mr Boweni may well not stick around much longer. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Malcolm Forbes, who died on this day in 1990. Failure is success if we learn from it. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.